Good morning, Summit Ridge Community Church. How are we doing this morning? How many of us out there today, whether you're joining us in person here today or online, have ever wondered who God really is? More important, what is he like? Does he even actually care about someone like you or someone like me? And if he did, then why have I never actually heard his voice before? Why does he choose to not speak to me when I ask and cry out to hear from him? Has anyone here ever asked to hear from God before in their lives? Yeah, not, not just me. So it's not just me. And maybe, maybe it's only the fortunate who get some semblance of a response back, right? Because you're, if you're anything like me, it's in those moments that you desire so desperately to hear from God that you're met with this overwhelming, deafening type of silence in return. How many of us struggle to hear God's voice day in and day out, right here and right now? What do we do? In this life when we're surrounded by that overwhelmingly deafening silence that we get in return. Moments in which faith is necessary. Understand what God might be saying or how he has chosen to communicate to us in this very life. It can be very difficult. It can force us into a very isolated, lonely reality. Where we might start to falsely believe that God, well, he just doesn't seem to care about us now, does he? He's busy doing other things. It's in those moments where we fall into that belief, where we believe that he, he just doesn't care about me or the things that are going on in my life, the horrible things that have happened in the past, where we cry out to God, well, who are you? Why will you not speak to me? Where are you, God? Where are you in the midst of this pandemic right now? Where are you in the midst of my suffering? Why will you not speak to me? How many of us have ever felt like this before? Can we ever know God? Can we ever truly know God or is that just a waste of time and energy Has God ever truly remained silent throughout all of existence and his interaction with humanity? Can we even distinguish his voice? Is it familiar to us or does it kind of sound like all the other voices that we hear in our lives and we just can't distinguish it? Where are his words actually found in this world? And how can we hear his voice if it's possible to hear his voice when we're overwhelmed by the silence? Today, we will be interacting and we have been going through a sermon series here uh, that focuses on the I am statements that we have in the book of John. 
And we've chosen to interact with these I am statements that Jesus himself directly gives to us to answer some of these questions. Because Jesus, well, he spoke to us. Spoke to us and he wanted us to know exactly who God is. Who God is and how much he cares about us. So with all that in mind, let's go ahead and take a look at the words that Jesus spoke into existence with his actual voice. So that you and I might not live in a reality of an overwhelmingly silent God who decided to remain quiet when his people cried out to know him, to hear from him. But the reality of a God who chose to speak, and because he chose to speak, Let's listen to the words that he so carefully and intentionally chose to speak to us. John chapter 10 verses 1 through 10 say this. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls each uh, sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to him, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Who is this directed at? Who did Jesus have in mind when he was speaking this? Who were the shepherds of Jesus' time and place? Who were the pastors and the teachers? He calls these false uh, shepherds thieves and robbers. So what were they stealing? What were they robbing from the sheep? So what was being robbed and stolen from these sheep? uh, And what is being robbed from us when we actually can't hear the real voice of God? The Pharisees, the Pharisees who were the religious leaders of Jesus' time, who were appointed to help people to hear and to know and to start to familiarize their, their selves with the voice of God. Well, what, what did they do? How did they view people like sinners and tax collectors, the people who they were in charge of, the sheep that God put in their lives? They were charged to help those people start to learn about the love of God, to hear his words and his voices in their life. 
But what did these false shepherds do? They robbed these very people that they were in charge of helping from knowing the real God, his true mission from these people's lives because they started to push their own agenda, their own ideology. And are false shepherds, are they a thing of the past? Or do we still have Pharisees today? who rob from the very people that they're charged to protect. It's important for us in trying to get answers to these questions to remember what just happened before Jesus made this statement in chapter 10. In chapter 9, in the prior chapter, Jesus, well, he healed a man who was blind from birth. How did the shepherds of Jesus' time, the Pharisees, Well, how did they view and treat people like this blind man? They looked down upon him. They viewed him as a sinner. And they believed that they themselves falsely were the people who gave access to God and relationship with him. They believed that they were the true gatekeepers in this life. In the case of the healing of the blind man, these religious leaders, they were so concerned with imposing strict legalism of God's word, so concerned with that that they missed the miracle that happened right in front of their very eyes. When they heard of this miracle that happened, what did they do? They decided to become judges. And they deemed Christ a lawbreaker because he decided to work a miracle on a Sabbath. They couldn't see the Messiah who was right in front of their eyes. The Pharisees, in this very poetic way that John writes about, well, they actually turned out to be the true blind ones after all. They couldn't see the real God and they couldn't understand or know his voice even when he was speaking directly at them. What do we see when we open up our eyes to the Messiah? What type of Messiah do we even want to see in this world? Do we want to see one where we have a strict religious system, where we get to impose some type of legalism, shaming others who are different than us? Or do we want to see the true Messiah, the one that works miracles each and every day all around us? Someone who was born blind, who never saw before, well, he opened his eyes, and for the very first time, the very first thing that he ever saw in his life was the true Messiah, our living God looking back at him. What is getting in the way of us? What is blinding us from seeing who God really is? It's easy for us now to say, well, we're nothing like these Pharisees. But are we really so different? Do we not do the same things, look down upon those who are different from us, who are in the throes of their sins or addictions, where we become 
the true judges. We get to administer our Lord's grace and forgiveness to those whom we deem fit. Our living God, well, he died for you, yes, so that you can be in relationship with him, and he died for me. And he died for that homeless person on the corner of the street who is begging for change in more than one way. We, as Christ's hands and feet in this world, we have to fight against pride, which causes us to see this religious expression of God's love that you and I call Christianity in the same elitist regard that the Pharisees did. Are we truly the door to God's kingdom? Or have we also been tasked, just like the Pharisees were, with helping those who are around us to open up their eyes to see the true God? Have we missed our Messiah? Made one in our own image that fits us better, that suits our own ideology and agenda the way that we want it. One that would do our willing, whether, uh, uh, whether than us doing his. Are we as pastors, as fellow Christians, are we the true gatekeepers in this world? Do we grant access to God? Or are we charged with just helping those who are around us to see God and to start to hear his voice? There's something really interesting going on in this passage, something that maybe at first glance we just might have missed or uh, didn't really understand, but... Did anyone notice that the sheep were given a job or a responsibility? What are the sheep called to do in this passage? Do they play no part or are they given a really important task? The sheep, they know God's voice. It is so familiar to them that they can distinguish it from any other voice that they might ever hear. When someone says to them that they are a true shepherd, they can understand if they are or not, if they're truly representing God's voice or if it's merely an imitation. Can we, as God's sheep here in this world, can we distinguish God's voice? Do we still not understand who are the thieves and robbers who are merely just imitating God's voice in this world? And who are the sheep that God is calling into his kingdom? Are they really just this religious elite that we have in the world? Um, Americans who vote the right way? Or does he call each in every person, individually, by name. Which means that he wants us to be in relationship not based on class, on race, on political or national affiliation. There's a really, uh, another interesting point going on here. 
it's not also it's not it's not only that the sheep recognize his voice they answer the call by following it they follow after the shepherd are we following god are you right now following jesus or have you decided to follow the voices of all the other false shepherds in this world? Do we devote ourselves to knowing the word of God? His voice that has already been given to us in this world, which is scripture, his word. Do we follow the true shepherd, Jesus? Or do we follow him up until he talks about stuff like money? about prayer, how we treat one another. What it comes down to is that the sheep in this text, they get to choose which voice they follow in this world. There is a great responsibility given to the sheep. Are we blind to the real Messiah? Would we rather follow a different one, one that calls us into less Uh, uncomfortable and difficult areas in life. Why would Jesus, with all of the words, all of the metaphors, why would he choose for us to know that he is the true gatekeeper? Why do you think that was so important to him that he came down to earth, took on human flesh, spoke into existence with his real voice that he is the true gate. Well, what is the purpose of a gate or a door? Essentially, they keep out things and let things in, but the reality is that they grant access to what is on the other side of that wall. Would you agree? What is on the other side of the true gate? Christ calls each of us by name into his kingdom to partake in his work here and now. To be in true relationship with him and the only way that we could actually access that is through the work and the sacrifice that Christ made. These false shepherds in this world who look to steal and rob God's true voice from our lives, well, they will tell us that there are other ways to access God's kingdom, to be in relationship with him, because it comes down to all of the good things that I've done in this life, all the good deeds that earn me a place in heaven, or that make me worthy to be in relationship with God. That there is another way other than truly knowing God's word and his voice when he calls and following him. Do we as shepherds and as sheep, do we have a Christ-centered message? Or are we, just like the Pharisees, pushing our own agenda? The reality is, is do we even care enough? Do we As pastors, teachers, followers of God, wherever you line up, do we care enough? Do we care enough to go out and call each sheep 
by name. That means that we were called to be in a relationship with people. Or as sheep, do we care enough to know God's word so well that we can distinguish his voice from any other voice that we might hear in this world? It's never easy believing in something that you can't see or that you can't feel or touch or that you can't even hear in this life, now is it? But have we really never seen the work of God or felt it in our lives? Or do we never really hear about it in the lives and the testimonies of other people? Has God truly never spoken to us? Or are our eyes not open to seeing the beautiful miracles that happen all around us every day? Has God truly been silent in the midst of our suffering this year? Or did God choose to speak through Christ and through Scripture so that we might actually start to begin to recognize his voice? What is the point of all of this? Why would God come down and want us to know that he is the true gatekeeper? How many doors, different doorways, did you walk through this very morning to get to this place? Or if you're online with us, how many different links or words and search bars did you put to get to this moment right here, right now? There's kind of this odd paradox with uh, doors and doorways in our lives. We're almost immune to it. We're unaware to these types of things until we're locked out of our cars or locked out of our houses when we cannot access what is on the other side of that door. Has anyone here ever really been surprised when you walked through a door by what was on the other side? We always... uh, (laughs) have a good guess at what is going to be on the other side, but we never really truly know. We can be surprised by what is on the other side of that door. One of the most important things that we can get in this text, but actually it's not just found in this text. It's throughout all of Scripture. Is that when God speaks, new worlds are created, and old ones are destroyed. How many of us know this very reality all too well? In the beginning, in the beginning of God's interaction with humanity, well, did he remain silent or did he start to speak? And when he spoke, our world was created. When God speaks new worlds, new beginnings, new life, new possibilities all await us. When there is a call for new possibilities and new realities in our lives, there can be fear. Fear because we're leaving behind our old worlds. 
new worlds, new opportunities are spoken into existence. But that's nothing new to us now, is it? How often, how many times have our worlds actually been shattered by the words that someone has said to us? Our hopes, our dreams, our futures, well, they can be destroyed by the words that people speak to us, the words that we believe about ourselves. Also, the other side is true. New worlds and new opportunities, new dreams, new hopes, new futures, well, they can be spoken into existence as well. Words, voices, speech, they force us to walk through the threshold of the doorways, some that we wish we never had to walk through. How many people out here in this life have been forced to leave their old, comfortable, familiar lives behind, had their worlds shattered when they were forced into a new world, a new life, when they were overwhelmed by the deafening silence of a hospital waiting room, where you are on one side of a door, waiting for the doctor who is on the other side of that same door to walk through and to speak into existence your new world, destroying your former world altogether. He might say, well, give you the greatest news of your life, that this newborn baby, well, is healthy. That same doctor might walk through that door, forcing you to walk through the threshold into a new world by saying that it's cancer and that there's nothing you can do about it. There are legitimate fears that we have in this life about what awaits us on the other side of some of the doors that we have to walk through in this life. Sometimes we just don't know what we're walking into. But what is on the other side of the true gate? And is that really unknown to us? Did God want to remain silent and not tell us what is on the other side and what awaits for us believers? How can we get there if we don't follow God's voice? If it's not familiar to us? New beginnings, new life await us on the other side of the true gate. The words that were said to us in this life, the words that were spoken, the conversations that we've had, the words that God, well, he thought were so important that he wrote them down for us. Once they are said, or once those words have been read, are they gone forever? Or do they in a very real way, live on inside of us. Those words, the things that we've said or have been spoken to us, well, we internalize them. We know them, and then we live with them. Has God 
never responded to you and your cries to hear him, to know him, to the hurting of this world? Has he decided to remain silent during this difficult and challenging year? Can we actually say that God has never spoken to us, has remained silent, or is a more accurate statement actually that he has never stopped speaking to us? How many of you out there today have ever wondered well, who God really is? What is he like, and more importantly, does he even care about someone like you? And if he did, then why has he never spoken to you? Why have you never heard his voice? Has God truly remained silent? Or has God, the true gatekeeper, the living word that dwells in each and every person, who knows and can recognize his voice? Well, did he decide to respond to our cries long, long ago when he said, when he decided to say that he is the true gate? Pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you so much for not remaining silent, for allowing us here and now to hear your voice. Help us to internalize your word. Help us to really live out what it means to be in your pasture, to be in relationship with you, and to be partakers in your kingdom. Help us to love each and every person that you surround us with, Help us to try and help them see the God that we see. One who did not remain silent. One who spoke to us and has never stopped speaking. Amen.